Buffalo Bread Podcast. Uh, Dan and JJ are here to walk you through the Week 17 Bills versus Bengals matchup on Monday Night Football, which Dan is going to be the first playoff game of the season for the Bills. Essentially, the AFC one seed uh, of wild card round by and home field advantage throughout the playoffs is on the line this week, as it has been every week since you know um, the Bills took took that one seed. It's it's really been a win out scenario in order to maintain it. Uh, or have the Chiefs lose and, and other teams like the Bengals lose. So here you get you get a twofer. You get a Bills win and a an, an opponent loss in, in the Cincinnati Bengals, and it's not going to come easy. These are two teams that I think have both been lumping up inferior competition for a number of weeks now and finally hit the buzzsaw of each other. How are you feeling? These two teams feel like mirror images of each other in so many ways. When you break down team stats, when you break down some of their individual stats, even when you look at the way they've won over the past few weeks against some of the opponents that they've played, this feels like, J.J., the mirror image of the Buffalo Bills that they'll be going up against, um, right down to the playoff implications as well. Because as you said, this really does feel like a playoff game and my guess is monday night primetime in cincinnati is going to have a playoff atmosphere to it too because if the bills win they continue to control their own fate so to speak when it comes to the number one seed they went out and they're the number one seed with home field advantage they lose and kansas city ends up holding serve through the end of the season all of a sudden the buffalo bills are the three seed and yes, still hosting a home game, but in a very uh, disadvantaged position moving forward, depending how things shake out for the divisional round of the postseason. So, JJ, this is a, as the Bills have been in must-win territory, it feels like, for a better part of the second half of the season, this is a must-win game for them if they want to accomplish their goal of maintaining that one seed. But the Cincinnati Bengals, also looking to prove that last year was not a fluky year, has a lot on the line as well. So heavy playoff implications here, heavy seeding implications for the playoffs here. Prime time on Monday night. It's going to be a big game. I think it's going to be a sweaty game. And I think these two teams are going to prove to be a really good matchup for each other. And I'm excited to dig into it. So where do you want to start? Um, <clears throat> why don't we start with the uh, the Cincinnati offense versus the Bills defense? Because I think that I like to end on a high note. And I think the Bills' <laughs> offense versus Cincy's defense is probably um, the the better matchup that we have to talk about in terms of the favor to the Bills. And I agree. I think that um, you know, even in even with a team like the Buffalo Bills, where Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, everyone always says, you know, it's a one week league. We gotta go one to know this week. Even all of that sort of fell by the wayside a little bit in that as they're interviewing Josh Allen after the win over the Bears, he unprompted brought up the Cincinnati game. So it's definitely on the player's mind, too. They know what a big deal this is. Um, and I think Sean McDermott, too, um, even said, and he usually doesn't tip his hand this much, that they, they look into this, this game, it's been circled on the calendar a little bit, and that he found it odd that, you know, the Bills, Chiefs, and Bengals are all pretty much the class of the of the conference um, and you know he, his comment was it, it, it's a it's a little odd that we we have not seen them as much. We've both seen the Chiefs individually, um, but Bills Bengals has not been a thing uh, often, and so that's going to be weird. They've never played a Joe Burrow led Bengals, and 
like you said, these teams are almost identical. But yeah, let's dig into the the, the Bengals offense, um, led of course by Joe Burrow, third year player out of LSU, um, national champion uh, in college, and um, I think that part of the thing that is so so even, <clears throat> excuse me, so even and shared between the Bills and the Bengals is their fan base. I think the Houday Nation and Bills Mafia have a lot of similarities in that we're both fans of a team that has just been waiting for their guy, right? Like they've been waiting for a guy since Boomer Esiason. Um, and, uh, you know, and they finally got him and, and same over here. And I think that we are both fan bases that have not had a lot of winning, have never won a, a Super Bowl championship. I don't believe since he has either, have they? No, they haven't. You're not. You're, you're shaking your head. So yeah, we're we're both two fan bases who have never won the whole thing, um, who have had some, you know, great seasons that are pretty far in their rear view, and they've had some abysmal seasons uh, to the point that the national sports media media started calling them the Bungles for a number of years. Um, I think they're coming out of that. They've been building it the right way, and they've had some success. Of course, representing the AFC in the Super Bowl last year. Um, unfortunately, they, they lost it, uh, of course, to the Rams, who have had the worst Super Bowl hangover ever. Uh, but here we are. Um, their offense looks exactly like the Bills' offense. They struggle to get the run game going sometimes. They have an inconsistent and probably average to just below average offensive line, especially since they lost their right tackle, who is probably their best offensive lineman. And so... They struggle a little bit in protection. Joe Burrow's been sacked quite a lot. That was the big story of the, of the Super Bowl run last year is that he was the, you know, um, only player to win a playoff game, sacked six, six times or something like that. So um, there's a lot of different things going on with this team. And um, I think that the Bills can take advantage of some of their offensive woes in terms of getting some pressure on Joe Burrow. Um, and, you know, shutting down Joe Mixon as a runner and that sort of thing. So I think that there's a lot to be done here for the Bills' defense, um, but certainly that's going to be a problem for um, for the Bills' defense as well because they do look so similar. Joe Burrow is basically um, Josh Allen with a little bit less mobility and a little bit better arm uh, talent accuracy decision-making. And so um, there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot here. Uh, JJ, I think that's a good observation. When you look at these two QBs side by side, if you just simply cover up their names, their stats and their contributions to their team look almost identical. Burrow on the season, 34 TDs to Allen's 32 passing TDs, 12 INTs for Burrow, 13 for Allen. Um, where Burrow does have a distinct advantage here is his completion percentage. He's completing passes at a clip of about 69% even, where Josh is floating right around that 63-64% range. Another area of note here, and we've talked about this for the past couple of weeks, is that over the course of the season, Allen has gotten, and I know it doesn't feel this way because he's thrown so many just incredibly bad INTs, but his aggressiveness index, according to NFL Next Gen Stats, has slowly but surely gone down, meaning that he's throwing less and less into tight windows, whereas Joe Burrow throws at a slightly higher clip on aggressive rated throws than Allen does, meaning that Burrow is accurate, 
but he's also fitting it into some very, very tight windows to these very dynamic wide receivers as well. I think when, and I think when you look at how the Buffalo Bills secondary has played over the past few weeks, sticking to guys has not necessarily been their issue. Other than a couple of blown coverages, I think of the Waddle play against Miami, for example. Other than a couple of blown coverages, the Bills do a good job of sticking to their guys. The issue with the Bills is their ball skills and their lack of ability in the second half of the season to turn players over or turn, turn opposing offenses over, but then also deflect or get in the way of passing lanes. This feels like a game where if Dane, Dane Jackson plays meaningful snaps, he is set to get exploited by somebody, be it Higgins or be it Chase, depending on what his assignment is. Because we know that Jackson can stick to guys. Going back to that Minnesota game against Justin Jefferson, he was he was pretty much glued to Jefferson. The issue was is that he wasn't disrupting Jefferson's timing. He wasn't he wasn't challenging at the the point of catch. So he was basically on Jefferson, but then giving Jefferson. Uh, free reign to do what he needed to do to maybe a high, catch a high-pointed ball from Cousins or something like that. I can see Jackson really struggling in this game if he is put into those types of situations because opposing teams don't need to necessarily blitz Joe Burrow um, to get pressure on him. He is the fifth most sacked QB in the league, but he's right around the middle of the league with the number of blitzes he's faced this year. The Buffalo Bills, as we know, they like to rush for. They don't like to blitz. This is a weak offensive line for Cincinnati. I can see a lot of situations where the Buffalo Bills really stick to their defensive philosophy of rushing for, attacking gaps, and then leaving their guys in the secondary to do their 111th and what they need to do to stick with guys in coverage. In a situation like that, I think Dane Jackson very clearly becomes the weak link in that zone scheme that the Bills are going to roll out um, based on what we've seen of his performance throughout the course of the season. This feels like a game, JJ, that's going to come down to a couple of plays, and it feels like those couple of plays are going to be targeted around potentially Dane Jackson and his deficiencies in the coverage. Yeah, I think that probably if we're, if we're talking about where the deficiencies lie, <clears throat> excuse me, and who who the, the Bengals are going to go after, it's going to be Dane Jackson. It's going to be Kyrie Elam if he's on the field. Pro- I mean, it's going to be all of them because what you really need to talk about, it's going to be everyone but Poyer and everyone but Edmonds right. and Milano. They're going to test White. So, yeah, they're going to yeah. test White, too. They're going to test White because teams have been. Teams yes. have been thrown directly They've at Trey right White. Yeah, and, they, and they've – with a greater, you know, efficacy than than before his injury, have been able to get at, you know, at a pass interference or a completion, um, and so, um, I mean, we just have to talk about for those uninformed. You know, everybody probably knows them, but the three wide receivers for uh, the Bengals are probably the three best in the entire league when it comes to a, a trio: uh, Jamar Chase, um, T. Higgins, and um, Tyler Boyd, and. I, you know, if you watch these guys play, the stats bear it out as well. They've got like an over, as a group, as three players, they have an over 55% catch rate in contested balls. And I'm pretty sure Tyler Boyd alone, or maybe it's T. Higgins, it's like 80%, 80-20. And what I see is that Joe Burrow, yes, he's sacked. You can get to him. You can get to him with a four-man rush because their offensive line, as mentioned before, is not very good. Um, even though they rebuilt the whole thing after the terrible offensive line of last year, they're still struggling to protect Joe Burrow. 
Um, and he also, he's, he plays with arm arrogance. I think you talked about, you know, risky throws and his rate is going up. That's all I saw in the, in the New England game. And they got, they got some interceptions off of him, but he threw a number of balls that were definitely uh, turnover worthy because he just believed in his guys so much, which is a great trait of a quarterback, um, but it is a little bit of a gunslinger mentality. Uh, and, you know, a few times the, the interceptions that the Patriots got were bad ones. And so um, I do think that, you know, bad ones for the Bengals. Um, I do think that there's some opportunities here for this defense, um, but I do also think it's not going to be the kind of game that we saw with, you know, some of the bad offenses that the Bills have played. It's not going to be stifling like the Bears or the, the Patriots games or even the, the most recent Jets game uh, in the rainy, awful weather. Like, I think this is probably going to be a game where we see Chase uh, Higgins or Boyd or even Hayden Hurst go up and grab a ball off of somebody in coverage, and it's going to be super frustrating. Maybe they get behind our coverage and, and take a long one to the house. I think that's going to be frustrating. So um, I think that that's what we'll see on defense. I think some of the keys are the Bills have an advantage at um, left defensive end with Greg Rousseau, who's really he's done a much better job this, this year of staying consistent with a pass rush presence. And uh, he's up against Akeem Adeniji at the right tackle, who's in for um, Lyle, or is it Lyle Collins? The, uh, yeah, it's the Collins. The tackle they just lost? Yep, yeah. Collins. So um, they just lost the right tackle who they brought over in free agency. Um, their right guard, Alex Kappa, came up from Tampa Bay and is, I think they were looking for him to fix everything. He's been just, just okay. Um, he hasn't been a standout. Ted Karras, who played for a long time with, the New England Patriots and the Bills fans, you know, know pretty well. Um, Conrad Volson is their left guard. And then finally, Jonah Williams out of Alabama in 2019 is their left tackle. Both of their tackles and their right guard are, or I'm sorry, their left guard, uh, Volson, are definitely susceptible to the excellent front four that the Bills have. And that includes Shaq Lawson. I think Shaq Lawson can get some work done against Jonah Williams. I see um, even... AJ Epineza having some good pass rush snaps against their their left tackle as well. So there there's some opportunities there, um, but I think the biggest one, of course, is Greg Rousseau versus Akeem Adeniji. Um, they're going to have to chip with Hayden Hurst. They're going to have to help out on that side because I think that Rousseau has exactly the skill set that Adeniji on film struggles against, which is strong bull rush you know players who also have athleticism. That's, you know, Adeniji is kind of an undersized for a tackle. I think he's 6'3", 300 pounds. Um, so Rousseau has him by like six or seven inches. So I think that there's there's some opportunities. I think another interesting matchup, JJ, is going to be Milano against this rush game, i.e. Joe Mixon for the Cincinnati Bengals. We know that Milano is used as like this this gap storming maniac when when properly a, a portion and also is really good in coverage um i i see buffalo potentially allowing Edmonds to cover large chunks of the middle of the field and i see milano really being tasked and assigned to shutting down mixon be it in the rush game or be it in the coverage game with mixon coming out of the backfield as well where he's been a a, a slightly above average weapon in the checkdown game for burrow Burrow loves to get the ball out quick. I think he's got the 
the other, I mean, I'm not going to count Colt McCoy here as the quickest release. Okay. It's Tom Brady. It's Colt McCoy technically, but then it's Tom Brady. And then it's um, Joe Burrow. Burrow wants to get it out quick. So if the Bills can hold up in their in their second and third level coverage, I could see Mixon becoming a very attractive target out of the backfield for him. And that's where I see Milano being a really advantageous player for this Bills defense because of his ability to just, in a in a crazy frenetic way, get sideline to sideline in zero to 60 in like no time and shut down some of those plays. Yeah, I think that... That's what we'll see. I think that the other thing that we'll we'll have to pay attention to is that the Bills will have their best opportunity against this team if they do some different things with disguising coverage because because of that quick release, Joe Burrow is not a Tua who struggles if you shut down his first read or jam his first read at the line. However, he is also not an excellent second reaction player like Pat Mahomes or Josh Allen, not yet in his career. And so I feel like he either will force a ball or he will, um, he struggles a little bit scrambling around and needing to throw it. That's why he's got so many sack stats on his, on his ledger. So I think that the way to, to beat Burrow for the defense really needs to be um, first shut down the run. He's not a play action quarterback. They tried to do that early in the season and that they had to come off of it because it just wasn't working for them. And so he tends to be, um, you know, in, in shotgun, he tends to take the snap, you know, from, from a few yards back. And then their their running game comes off of that as like a zone rushing game. But more often, he will use the pass as an extension of the run and hit Joe Mixon in the flat or, or in a, on a Texas route right over the, the center underneath the linebackers. Um, and so I agree. I think that the, the way they need to beat Joe Burrow is to take away his first initial reaction, his first read. Um, and and have sticky enough coverage early enough in the down to give their guys a chance um, to beat their one-on-one matchups, which I believe they can. I think that Daquan Jones and Ed Oliver are definitely an overmatch for the interior of the, the offensive line. And then, as mentioned before, Shaq Lawson and Greg Rousseau are both, you know, even as not top-flight pass rushers like Von Miller, are both better than their tackles in terms of, of getting some pressure. So... They're going to have some issues in protecting him, I really hope, because I think that could be a big difference in this game. I agree. And and this is, again, why the Buffalo Bills have invested so much in this defensive line over the past few years. This is the type of game where you really want that defensive line to show out. And it's not just because the secondary is still playing catch-up as far as their readiness to contribute to the rest of this defense uh, due to health issues and Trey coming back and whatnot, but also... Like these are these are the types of QBs that you want to have a meaningful pass rush against, so you can bring them down. Yeah, and I, and honestly, I I think the biggest thing is going that's going to help the secondary is is that pass rush. Um, as I mentioned before, I think that in in the secondary, the greatest vulnerabilities that the Bills are are suffering are going to be Demar Hamlin, uh, Dane Jackson, and and Trey White. And Trey White to the least of extent because he tends to be more in position where he needs to be and, and showing kind of shadows of that excellent top-flight cornerback he was before his injury. I think he'll get back there. I have confidence in that. Um, but he's not just he's just not there yet. So I worry a little bit about Taron Johnson in the slot. I think that, you know, Boyd has him quite, you know, <clears throat> extensively overmatched. He's Tyler Boyd is 6'2 and kind of can get into all the spots. He's got three inches on Taron Johnson. So 
Um, there's some worries he's going to get big void uh, in the slot, but this is a good matchup for the Bills' defensive line. Um, it's a really bad matchup for the Bills' secondary, and even the linebackers in coverage, I think it's a bad matchup, but I, I trust our guys can, can get something done uh, on defense. Yeah, they're going to have to, and this is not a game where I think we're going to look for the defense to shut down Cincinnati, but can they turn it over either on downs or with a pick or a strip sack, fumble, something? Can they turn it over one, maybe two times and give Allen extra opportunities to get this Bills offense going against the Cincinnati defense? Um, And JJ, that feels like a good segue into the second half of this matchup, which is Josh Allen against the Cincinnati defense, which... Again, as we talk mirror images, I think if we were to summarize the Cincinnati defense, they are plus at getting after the QB. They are probably average to below average in their coverage game right now as things stand. Um, And the same opportunities that are going to be there for Burrow against RD feels like it's going to be there for Allen against Cincinnati. So what are some of the key matchups you're seeing here? Yeah, so I think that in in what can only be – like we talk so much about how this this is a mirror image game, and so it really is. Like it, the Bengals offense does the things that the Bills do well um, in terms of, you know, feeding the pass game, uh, passes extension or, or runs extension of the pass. All those sorts of things feel the same, and then they both have a quarterback with arm arrogance. Um, and so I think that they also both have – you know, one excellent safety and one decent safety. They both have fast, you know, coverage linebackers. Um, it's, there's some interesting things here. Their outside corners are Eli Apple and Cam Taylor Britt. I really like um, Cam Taylor Britt coming out in the draft this year, but he is a rookie, and I guess you know his greatest uh, his greatest weakness at present is that he has no ball awareness. So he's out of Nebraska, drafted this year, I think a second-round pick. Um, I really wanted him for the Bills because he's one of those size-speed guys. He, his game hadn't been all, all the way put together, but he certainly had all the tools in his toolbox um, to be an excellent outside corner. And so um, their best corner went down, and so they, they're stuck with Eli Apple, who's sort of bounced around as a journeyman, and then Cam Taylor Britt on the outside. And those are great opportunities for Diggs and Davis, and even for Knox if you can do some kind of switch concepts and, and things like that to get him on one of those guys. I think that he'll he'll have what it takes to, to kind of go up over them. Um, their, uh, their slot corner is the problem for me. In coverage, I think that their slot corner is their best, their absolute best coverage uh, player. It's Mike Hilton. He played for a number of years um, with the Steelers before moving over to the, um, to the Bengals. And he's one of the better slot corners in the league. And so I think that, that their secondary is vulnerable. Um, their safety, uh, Jesse Bates, who's playing on the franchise tag this year and is one of the top safeties in the entire league, will, you know, his contract situation reminds me a little bit of Poyer's. He's sort of playing for that massive contract. Um, Von Bell, who's been in the league for about six years, is also a solid um, safety. I, I just cannot... You know, every time I, I look at their roster, every time I look at this team, I just think about how like the Bills they are. They're built it's almost crazy. exactly the same. It's yeah, crazy. Like, yeah. We're going to have a nasty front four that gets pass rush on their own. We're going to um, have some 
you know, athletic outside corners, and we're going to have a, a rock-solid slot, focus on the safety, cover the back end, keep everything in front of us, a couple of linebackers who cover. It's it's just, it's all, it's all built the same. So I, I guess what I see is I see some opportunities that outside, outside the numbers where Josh Allen has shown he's favored to throw the ball anyway. Oh, yeah. I see a big digs game because I think that two things. One, we know that Diggs is hungry for the ball, and I'm sure that Dorsey and Allen are well aware of that. And two, Josh Allen is a different kind of cat on Monday Night Football. Um, I shared a, uh, uh, a an image I, I pulled from StatMuse on the Buffalo Bills sub, subreddit, and unfortunately, Joe Burrow only has one Monday Night Football game on his resume. Um, he missed one in his rookie year. Yeah, for injury. Hurt. Yeah, yeah. And so he only has one, and uh, in that game, you know, solid. I think he had um, two hundred and let's see, two hundred thirty-two yards, two touchdowns, one interception, one game, passer rating of ninety-six point four. Um, super small sample size. The Bills' uh, quarterback Josh Allen, one hundred thirteen point nine passer rating, sixteen hundred thirty-two yards, eighteen touchdowns, and two interceptions in six games. And so if you kind of average those out into a one-game sample, you know, uh, Josh Allen has like 30 more yards, one more touchdown, and only um, .5 interceptions. So, you know, it's a very slight edge, but I think that anybody who watches knows that Josh Allen, he is a lights-on quarterback. I mean, Thanksgiving games, Monday Night Football, big-time Sunday Night Football, like, that's when he shines. And so I think that, you know, we saw that against the, um, we saw that against the Dolphins on a a night game most recently and that he was doing what he needed to do um, to get the job done when the the lights were brightest. And so I, I think we'll see that again, or at least I hope we will because we need to, that's that's going to make the difference is on offense. The bills definitely need to um, hit the outside, the number throws. Um, They need to have their receivers get open and and show some separation because um, the other thing I noticed about this Cincinnati defense on watching the film is that they are, they're feisty. Like the bills are when the bills are at their best. It's not, you know, Oh, he's got a tackle. I'm going to get there. They are an excellent tackling team. Unlike the bills. They flood the ball. There's a lot of hats, you know, in the in the neighborhood. They're going for strips all the time. Um, they're looking for turnovers and they're opportunistic. And so I can see, you know, a lot of the, of the Bills in this defense is not as good of a defense. Um, and I think they have some vulnerabilities. Those vulnerabilities, though, are in the pass game, not the run game, because the defensive front four um, for the Bengals is very good. It's very fast too when you when you pull their front seven into the mix. So it's very athletic, very fast, as you said. This does not feel like a game where the Bills, if they go to Singletary, should stick with Singletary for very long. They're going to need some of that James Cook twitchiness and speed to counteract some of the athleticism of some of these backers and D linemen for Cincinnati. Um, over under 0.2 seconds before Stefan Diggs and Eli Apple start jawing at each other coming out of the tunnel. <laughs> what do you think about that? Oh my God. <laughs> okay. That's going to be the trash talk yeah. matchup of all time. Right. <laughs> well, I think it's going to be over, um, over because I, maybe they just don't come out of the tunnel at the same time. If they are within 
my over under is amount of yards uh, before Eli Apple and uh, yards of separation before Eli Apple and Stefan Diggs start jawing each other. And I think it's five yards. If they're within five yards of each other, it's a constant. It'll be a constant back and forth. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, I think that it's it's such an interesting thing. Like their their defensive line scares me the most, especially in the middle. B.J. Hill and D.J. Reader yeah. are just like tanks. Man like they, those guys. Yeah. yeah. And, and they both have some juice as as pass rushers, so I can see them, you know, really disrupting things. I'm so glad that it looks like, you know, Mitch Morris is going to make this game. He's a full participant on the first week or first day of practice yesterday. And so that's excellent, excellent news. Um, they're down their, you know, second best um, pass rusher and Sam Hubbard, who's questionable for this game. They they said it'll likely be three to four weeks on a calf injury he, he suffered, so we we'll probably won't see him. We'll probably see Cam Sample and Trey Hendrickson, who's on a pitch count because he's playing with a broken wrist. Uh, Trey Hendricks, Hendrick, Hendrickson of, um, you know, our Buffalo uh, fan podcast fame of me and you, or me mostly, calling him a complete waste of money in, in free agency. <laughs> Almost instantly proved me wrong. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You, you went back yeah. and you broke down film and you're yeah. like, all of these sacks are covered sacks. We yeah, don't I'm like, he's guy. trash. <laughs> yeah, it was basically like, he's Jordan Phillips in 2019. He's only, all of his st- stats are padded. Yeah. But the, <laughs> yeah, he's pretty <laughs> good. He, he turned out to be out, pretty yeah, good. <laughs> turns, out he, turns out he just needed an opportunity and and, uh, and he proved it. So it's going to be Trey Hendrickson, the cam sample on the outside. And I think that, you know, Trey Hendrickson on a pitch count um, and Joseph Asai, uh, as a young player, I think are going to be a little bit easier than than a fully healthy Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard would be, but still not, you know, still not great. And then of course the the linebackers we keep mentioning, Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt. Um, it, it's interesting to me these linebackers might be the best adapted and. Um, traits linebackers in terms of spying Josh Allen that we've ever seen. So yeah. this might not be a big Josh Allen running game because if they spy him, they are the type who can get him on the ground. He's not stiff arming them into the dirt um, like he has some other linebackers. These guys are like 250 pounds, but also can fly. So. Yeah, yeah. This this defense feels. I mean, you know, and it, it shouldn't shock us that Cincinnati and Buffalo have pursued similar builds because they're, they've both been chasing the same team in Kansas city that has an exceptionally mobile and elusive QB. So it makes sense that the Cincinnati defense would be built this way. And it just so happens that it could be the kryptonite to some of this Josh Allen schemed run game that Dorsey has been breaking the glass on here for the past couple of weeks. I, ah, man, I, you know, way back, way back when we were at peak arrogance after we had destroyed <laughs> back-to-back weeks, destroyed the defending Super Bowl champs and destroyed Tennessee, the, the reigning one, one seed for the AFC, uh, we had said, or I had said, that when you have a QB that's this efficient and Allen, because he was playing efficiently at that point, why would you waste any time on the run game? And over the past few weeks where Allen has not had his fastball, not had his best games, they've needed the run game to persevere. This feels like, this just feels like a game where the Bills need to go back to old Bills, or at the very least, the version of the Bills we saw against the Miami Dolphins, where they're thrown around the field, ball distribution is paramount in a game like this. 
Um, when you've got so many guys that can take away so many weapons for the Bills, you want to make sure you're getting guys involved early and often and a variety of guys. This feels like one of those games where why would you even bother running the ball, especially with Singletary, who we know has struggled against t- against rush defenses that are um, in the top 15 DVOA-wise this season. And sitting at number 14 are the Cincinnati Bengals. This just feels like a game where you got to give Josh the ball and let him do what he's going to do. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and like, kind of just to flip out into how important this game is, to just to restate it, if the Bills can win over the Bengals on Monday night, They've imp- they improved to a position where the worst case is the two seed. Um, it's still not great, you know, um, to, to lose their last game against the Patriots and not get the one seed. But they are in a position where I feel like, you know, you know the Patriots well enough. You're going to have them, you know, at home. Um, there's just a lot of opportunity there. The off the Patriots offense is even worse than the, when the Bills last saw them. So there's so many opportunities. And at worst, you're the two seed with a win here. With a loss, you'll probably have to play the Bengals and Chiefs on your way to the Super Bowl on the road. Yep. Um, and that <laughs> that's awful. So I feel like the, the way this feels to me is that you're going to get rid of one of those two matchups in the playoffs by winning out. Um, and having the one seed and letting them beat up on each other. So that, that's really what's at stake here. And and I agree. I think that the Bills need to distribute it. I, I, I'll go back to my previous, you know, we talked about the Bears, um, that when you have Reggie Gilliam receptions, you probably have a pretty good game plan. And so I'd like to see some of that. You know, I'd like to see, like you said, you know, when it's six or more, receivers getting the ball in the first half that's that's when the bills look at look their best that's the recipe for success that level of ball distribution right i I just and i i don't know i've had you 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 know i don't question play calling because i'm i'm an idiot when it comes to this i can't even call the right plays in madden but when i look at the aggregate of the the scheme that buffalo has had it feels like they've just kind of been figuring shit out over the past few weeks. They've been figuring out what elements of the run game are best for us. It feels like they've been testing things to some extent. The only game in the past few weeks where it feels like they came out in the version of the Buffalo Bills we all expected to see in the second half of the season was against Miami. That's for sure. So um, I would love to see that version of the Buffalo Bills in another primetime game come to play here against Cincinnati on Monday night. Because as we have both said... The stakes could not be higher for what the Buffalo Bills are hoping to achieve on their way to a Super Bowl run. So, um, JJ, I I feel content with what we have covered here on both sides of the ball. Do we want to get into some prop bets? Because I have some silly ones. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. So, I'll start with my my silliest one. Um, Joe Burrow has been known to turn the ball over. We know he throws aggressive throws. Something else to bear in mind is that he is tied for the league lead in pick sixes thrown this year. It's only been two, right? But he has thrown two TDs to opposing defenses, which is tied for the league lead. He's amongst the likes of Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott's, a Dak Prescott, other QBs that turn the ball over at, at, at decently high clips. Um, JJ, over under half of a pick six for the Buffalo Bills, who we have maligned as not being able to yeah. turn over opposing QBs. Um, 
I mean, I feel like you wouldn't bring this one up if you weren't going to go over. I'm going to I'm going to play, you know, oppositionist and say under. I just I, this Bills defense is not a scoring defense and they haven't been basically since Sean McDermott showed up here. Um because again, the defense is the defense, right? Like they're not they're not coming off of their 111th uh to make those splash plays like a pick six. I, I think under. I don't think they I think they will intercept Joe Burrow. I think there's opportunities for that, but I don't think it's going to be for a score. Um, are you go? Are you smashing the the over? Are you thinking you get one? Oh, I'm going over. You're totally playing the percentages, <laughs> and I'm going yes. against everything that we have stated sure. as our problem with this Buffalo Bills defense <laughs> over the past no, few I weeks. Like um, yeah. Only because um, why the hell not? Right. So right, I'm sure. also I'm also going to put money on this too. So I like C- Caesar Sportsbook. My weekly donation is coming on Joey Burrow throwing a pick six. I, yep. And I hope, and I really hope that you get that money because that would be great for the great for the outcome of this game. I'm sure, and great um, for the pocketbook too. All right, what's yes, next? What absolutely. do you got? Um, so I've got. Um, you're talking about him getting pick six. I think he, will, as mentioned, I think he will throw some interceptions. I got Joe Burrow one and a half interceptions over under. I'm going to take the under, and I'm going to go one. And that one is the pick six. The right? one is for a pick six. Like so, just sweeten, sweeten that prop with, right. with Caesar Sportsbook even more. And he throws only one interception. Yep, exactly it, one, it, but it's it, for a touchdown. Exactly. And this is where my rationalization comes into play. Because the Bills do not turn over the opposing QB um, at any kind of exceptional rate. We've actually talked about their lack of ability to do so. That being said, Burrow is going to give them opportunities. And if a guy like Kair Elam is in the game who has better ball skills than a uh, than a Dane Jackson, I could see Elam picking one. I could even see Taron Johnson, who we haven't really yeah. talked about Johnson since White has gotten back, but Johnson has found his form again. That He played a great game against Miami. Like, he, he was did. pretty much yeah. locked down in his coverage. So I could see Taron Johnson, similar to what he did against Kansas City to close that game out. I could see Johnson sneaking one here out of the slot. Nice. The Bills are going to have opportunities, there's no doubt. But I think they're just going to turn it over once. Only because I don't think they have a lot of personnel that are adept at at, at picking the ball, at turning the, the opposing QB over. But I'm going to go one. And that one is a pick six with Taron Johnson. Caesars, give me the odds spread on that. I, and I will happily put down $10. <laughs> Right, yeah. The, the odds of a uh, Taron Johnson pick six, is specifically, is is probably very much in your favor if he gets it. So um, I'm gonna say over. I think that the Bills get two off of him. I don't think either of them goes for a touchdown, and I think both are Jordan Poyer. And I say this because of the fact that you know, with such high caliber wide receivers, I think that he's going to have some Joe Burrow. That is going to have some some plays, some snaps where he's going to just try to throw up a 50, 50 ball to one of his guys while, while under duress. And I feel like Jordan Poyer helping or shading to either side is going to be in position to not have to read the man and be able to read the ball and pluck that thing out of the air. So I I do see um, more than one interception. I see two and I see both of them Poyer putting himself back in, you know, in near the lead for the NFL uh, in interceptions. So I, I really look forward to that. I love that. Um, yeah. What what else do you have as a, as a prop? Uh, we we got to go sacks because this feels like a game where the Buffalo Bills should get a reasonable amount of pressure on Burrow and be able to bring him down. Over under two and a half sacks for the Buffalo Bills D-line. Uh, over. 
over, 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 please over. Please, for the love of God, over. <laughs> like, just bring him to the ground four or five times because it's going to flavor this game in such a massive Bills favor if they can keep Allen clean and they can get Burrow on the ground three or four plus times. So, yeah, I'm smashing the over on 2.5. I'm going to go, I mean, I want it to be over. I think it needs to be over if the Bills are going to have a shot at this game. Um, but I'm going to go under. I, I just, I've been so underwhelmed by this Buffalo Bills pass rush. And and the thing is, and it feels like opposing teams, because of the consistency that we've talked about with this unit, it feels like opposing teams just know what they're doing um, against their O-lines, and they're scheming really appropriately to get the ball out of their QB's hands quickly. And I think Cincinnati will be no different. Um, and Joe Burrow's all, already a guy that has a quick release, if the Bills are not getting penetration in 2.5 seconds against Joe Burrow, which they have not against opposing QBs over the past four weeks, then I think it's going to be really tough going. I think they're going to get a couple. I don't think it's going to be three just because this Bills defensive line, Sans um, Von Miller, has not shown me that they can throw a game like they're out there. Sure. Um, all right, I've got one on the offensive side for the Bills. Uh, James Cook, over under, 4.5 receptions. Dude, every time we put a James <laughs> Cook prop into the, the the universe, Sean McDermott, like, a, his yeah. ears perk up, and he's like, oh, J.J. and Dan, they want Cook to have a good game. Let's We're not bench gonna Cook. Cook. We're not going to use yeah. him, right? Yeah. Um, it, uh, honest to God. This feels like a game where the Buffalo Bills are going to stubbornly commit to Singletary, and Singletary will take what could have been a seven-yard gain in the hands of James Cook and turn it into a four-yard gain. <laughs> so it, 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 yeah. I'm going to go under, only because it makes too much sense that Cook should be involved in this game, and as a result of that, the Bills will not involve him. I will take the over with hope, as I sometimes will do. <laughs> the over yeah. on a hope on a hope and a dream. Hope yes. and a dream. On a, right? on a hope and a dream, I'll take the over. The, the, this um, dynamic have... rookie we've drafted will actually <laughs> <know>. get used. <laughs> well, I, I think that there's a lot to be said, though. I mean, you can see James Cook over the past few weeks gaining some confidence in his abilities, and them gaining some confidence in him, leaving him out there for an entire series where he used to trade series. You know. Um, with Singletary, I think that it, I, I'd like to see more. And that's why I picked this prop is, is I'd like to see more. I'd like to, him to catch some more screens and, and balls like that over the middle, because that's, I think one of his greatest skills. Um, do you have an offensive prop for the bills? I have one and it's around, it's around our friend Stefan Diggs. So if you don't get Diggs going in this game, my question for Dorsey and the bills is when do you get him going? Um, and he's going up against what I'm going to envision is primarily Eli Apple, depending on where he lines up. This should be a big, big digs game. I'm going over under 85 and a half yards, um, of receiving yards for this game for digs. And I'm going to take the over because I think it needs yeah. to be the over just as a sign of life for this bill's offense, which so stubbornly sticks to throwing to the boundaries You've got one of the best boundary outside wide receivers in the league in Diggs. This feels like a game where you should be using him. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm smashing the over too, and not not just with hope, but with like determination, because you need to get your massive number one overall receiver involved. You better believe Joe Burrow is going to be feeding balls to Jamar Chase as hard as he can 
Josh Allen needs to be doing that with Diggs in this one if they if they hope to have a chance against a high-powered offense like this. This is not the game where field goals are going to win it. Um, you need scores, and, and I hope that Diggs gets over over 85.5, but I also think he I hope he gets over one score. Yep, I fully agree. I fully agree. All right, man. Are we good? Prediction. We're gonna. Oh yeah. It. Oh, we got to predict the. Oh, the yeah, game. game outcome. The actual. Yeah, the actual 40. game score. Yes. Okay. Let's do. <laughs> yeah, what everybody the, the showed up are, for. <laughs> I know. The points are forty nine and a half, and the Bills are on the road, one point favorites. Um, so this is a pick against Cincy. Yeah, this yeah. is a pick em. I think they opened as a two and a half point favorite, which I found mm. astounding. That's. Surprising, I, I found man. that astounding, and I think I I do think Vegas is like, yeah, we. We we messed that one up, um, and as, but again the lot the line moves based on where the money is going. But when yep. you put a two and a half, when you put the Bills as a two and a half point favor on the road, you're begging people to come and put money on Cincinnati. And I think that's where I'm going to venture a guess the majority of the public money is right now is on the Bengals because of that favorable spread they they got uh, at the open here. But this is basically a pick 'em game, JJ. I'm going to go Bills thirty. I'm going to go Bills 34, Bengals 31. I'm going to take the over on the points. The Bills hit the over last week against the Bears. They're going to continue that streak of hitting their overs and uh, and hopefully come out with a a much-needed win against a really quality opponent. Sounds good. I, I would. I my heart would not like that that outcome because I feel like that that sounds like the kind of thing that's won in the last seconds with Tyler Bass's leg. Um, and those games tend to give me a cardiovascular event. I'll be in but, the hospital uh, for sure on yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> but the um, yeah, I like that. I like that score. I think that I'm in the neighborhood. Um, I've got the Bills winning a little bit more handily, uh, 31-24. Um, hopefully carrying that that seven point margin or more late or all the way through you know through the uh, the fourth quarter um, and I think that the real what's going to decide this game is two factors whichever quarterback turns it over more will lose and whichever team gets more sacks will win like that that is that it's is that it. simple like, yeah yeah it's that simple if we look at the box score after the fact when we're doing the recap um, and you know, Joe Burrow's been sacked four times. Josh Allen's been sacked twice. Joe Burrow turned it over twice. Josh Allen didn't turn it over. I think that's an easy Bills victory, and, and we're moving on, right? Moving on to the Patriots to close out the season and get that one seed. If it's if those are flipped, if Josh Allen has a couple of bonehead interceptions and the Bills can't protect him, the Bills are going to have a real hard time pulling this one out, no matter how gritty or battle-tested they are. So, yeah, I think that that's, that's where we're at with this one. Um and it's going to it's going to be massive. It's the biggest game the Bills have played in, in a long time since since the Miami game, which you know I know was just a couple of games ago. Um, but it, it's it's a big time, big time. It's a big game, and I don't normally drink during Bills games because I like to stay lucid and take notes for the pod. But uh, I think I'm going to have a uh, alcoholic beverage or two to get me through this one for sure, for sure. All right, JJ. It was fun as always. Uh, For those of you at home listening, like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Google, Apple, and Spotify. And as always, go Bills. Go Bills.